The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. If you're a sensitive snowflake that may get easily offended, then turn this off immediately. If you want to hear the real truth about the gun culture, then stick around. This is the Armed Citizen Podcast. What is going on, my ghost squad? Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast Live. This is episode number 210. Today's date is Tuesday, September 28th, 2021. If you're out there live, go ahead and say something. We don't know that you're out there unless you do say something. If you're new to the channel, new to the show, Welcome to the dark side. We promise we're going to try to make you smarter. We just hope to not make you any dumber. But if you're out there, go ahead and say hello. Tell us where you're from, and we'll try to give you a shout out when we can. If you're out there and you're a veteran, really anyone, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole and you can't seem to find the way out, questioning if there's a light, first of all, call me, text me, email me 24-7. I cannot give you medical help, but I may as well. Be a pretty decent ear, talk you through some stuff. If you are looking for someone that can get you in the right direction of medical help and all that, please remember two things. One, you're not alone. You have a lot of brothers and sisters out here that are willing to help. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please contact the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255 and press the number one. Once again, 1-800-273-8255. Press number one, the Veteran Crisis Hotline. As always, we spotlight the United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title United States Marine, please see the website marines.com. We are a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. It's a pretty cool place. It has a lot of pro-gun, pro-2A, pro-freedom podcasts all in one area. So visit selfdefenseradio.net. And if you want to call in, yes, you can call into the show or text in. Utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates at Aegis Gun Care. That number is 530-364-4678. Let me get this off of my ugly mug. And we've got a really cool guest. Uh, known him for a couple of years. Met him, I think, maybe shot show, maybe 2018, 2019, somewhere in there. Might have been in, in RAM, I don't remember. But we've known him. He's been on the show once or twice before. Um, but everyone knows that I'm kind of going through this journey where I'm going to start in on long range precision and the competition side of things. It's something that I've been wanting to do for a couple of years. Uh, ever since I went down and shot with our buddy, Charlie Melton down in Texas and kind of got that bug. And I really said, okay, I'm going to do it. And the only way to really jump in on this is to go ahead and buy the rifle. If you buy the rifle and buy all the stuff, at that point, you're past the point of no return. So you might as well jump into this. And uh, I contacted Cole a couple of times and asked him about some different things and all of that. Very gracious. Um, But Cole has got a lot of different hats in our industry, not only on the marketing side with Team POI, but he does long-range tactics. He runs... Uh, the podcast Long Range Addicts, and uh, oh, by the way, uh, I don't know if he still is. He can talk about it, but at one time, I think he might still be on the board of the National Rifle League and holds the Dog Valley matches out in Utah, which is one of the biggest matches of the year for the NRL. Uh, if you're out there, you know, go check all of his stuff out. All of his links and all that will be in the description below. But let's bring in Cole Kornberg. What's going on, Cole? Thanks for coming to join us tonight, man. 
Hey, glad I could be here. It's kind of nice not having to worry about all my own uh, my my own recording shit. I've got my soundboard here. I don't have to record. Yeah, have to you don't have anything. to worry about a thing. You don't have to worry about if guests are going to show up. It's just I can look pretty. <laughs> Heavy on the a lot of people don't realize what, what all goes into a podcast. It's not like you just flip it on and start talking. There's a lot of stuff that leads up to it and all that, but um yeah, thanks for coming on. Like I said, I know we've got you for about an hour. You got a soccer game. You know, it must be like, I mean, this is like uh World Cup soccer stuff. I mean, you know, the kids, it's always important when the kids are playing, right? <laughs> yeah, I get told I gotta go. We all know that. We've got the wives that tell us, look, you're gonna be here this time, you're gonna be here this time, and you say yes, ma'am, because you know better. That's right. You get the ass kicked. But no, I I appreciate you bringing me on. There's there's a very big misconception when it comes to long range. There's a lot of um bullshit out there there's a lot of bs there's a lot of uh hyper snipers you know you get that with everything right um but that's why i kind of created long-range tactics i want to spread the knowledge i want to make people better shooters and i want to make people better hunters um you know and do that kind of stuff so i'm glad i'm glad to be here yeah and and, uh, i'm gonna put um the website out there for long-range tactics out there in the chat and from there, you can get to all their content. Great YouTube channel, um, but longrangetactics.com. From that point, you can kind of get to wherever they go. Do you have links for the podcast on the website as well? I think, don't you? No, we do that through nope. uh, the Firearms Radio Network. Oh, Firearms so, Radio. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yep. So it's on the it's on the Firearms Radio Network. Uh, on Instagram and Facebook, it's the Long Range Addicts podcast. And then yeah. if you want to listen to it, it's on all the podcast channels and then on the Firearms Radio Network. If you're on YouTube and you want a quick link uh, to where you can find some of those, um, check on my homepage down at the very bottom. This is podcasts I listen to. I think I've got a links to Firearms Network uh, down there so you can reach all of their podcasts, not just uh, his. Uh, real quick, a little $5 super chat. Thanks out to a mandatory carry out there. It says, keep fighting, build a great home bag. And remember that number nine or one seven is coming and there are four lights. There you go. Uh, thank you very much, but I appreciate it. We do not ask for, nor do we encourage super chats, but if you feel the fancy feather to do that, remember all of our super chats go towards sending care package to our men and women downrange. So thanks for that. Appreciate you very much. Um, real quick, we usually do this. We're going to make it quick tonight. Uh, cause I know I've got you for a few times, to- a few short times, but this is kind of people's favorite things. We put polls out there every week on YouTube and, uh, we go through a few of them. Uh, the first one uh, has got 645 votes, and this is best album of the 90s, Cole. Best album of the 90s. Your choices are Metallica's Black Album, Pearl Jam 10, Dr. Dre Chronic, Nirvana's Nevermind, or Garth Brooks' No Fences. If you had to choose of those five, what's, what's for you is the best album of those five of the 90s? You, had to, you could just stop at number one. It's Metallica for yeah. sure. Well, I think a lot of people agree um, that's leading in first place right now with 35% uh, and second place at 31% is Dr. Dre's Chronic. Pretty epic album there too. Third place is Nirvana's Nevermind at 18%. Garth Brooks with No Fences is 10% and Pearl Jam's 10 is at 6%. So there you go. I think that the majority, I don't know the majority, but most people would agree. The Metallica Black Album was epic because even if you weren't a Metallica fan before then, that brought a whole new gathering of people that was like, oh, okay, this is pretty damn cool. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, he's, yeah. Uh, he's a long-range hunter and shooter, too. James Hetfield. 
James Hatfield is? Mm-hmm. I he did not know that. Him. I knew he was very pro-gun, but I didn't know that he was a long-range guy. Yep, he hunts all the time. Nice, nice. Uh, the second one, we're going to go with uh, best high school movie. And I left a couple off because it was tough. I only have five choices. Uh, so the honorable mention is going to be like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Okay, I'm just going to say that didn't make it. But of the five choices, Breakfast Club, Dazed and Confused, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Grease, and Pump Up the Volume. What say you on those? I like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That was one of my yeah. that was one of my favorites. Yeah, I think a lot of people wanted to be Ferris Bueller there for a while. Uh, going down downtown Chicago, running the parade and singing and uh, driving the, I think it was, it was a Ferrari, I believe, wasn't it? I think it was a yeah, yeah, the, the old Ferrari. I mean, back then the it was a Ferrari. shit, but now it's an old. Oh Ferrari. yeah, uh, I think people agree with us as well. Forty-one percent say Ferris Bueller. Um, Breakfast Club comes in in second at twenty-eight percent. Dazed and Confused in third at seventeen percent. Grease surprisingly at twelve percent, and Pump Up the Volume with one percent. I put that on there because I, I really enjoyed that movie. I like Christian Slater's. Uh, that that was a good movie. I probably could have and should have put uh, Fast Times. Another great movie. A lot of great one-liners in there as well. But uh, Spicoli, greatest character maybe of the high school genre. And the last one before we get talking about what we're trying to talk about is gun related. We always do a gun related one out there. And it says when thinking about buying a new gun, whether it's a handgun, rifle, shotgun, whatever, what's the first thing that you consider? And the five choices are caliber, brand, cost, size, and purpose. When you're looking at a, a, a new gun, what's the first thing that you kind of start looking at? Well, it's kind of changed now. I mean, it's ammo now, right? Can I get ammo? Well, ammo is, can, can I get ammo? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that, that's the biggest thing. But the next thing is, what the heck am I going to use that for? I mean, depending on, you know, like all these rifles, each one has its own thing it's doing back here. So it, I think it all, I think the biggest question is, what is it concealed? Is it something I'm just going to go practice with? Is it a hunting gun? What is it? So that's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think purpose is overwhelming at 53%, and I think that's probably the smart one. Cost is actually in second place at 19%. Caliber is at 18%, and maybe the caliber kind of comes into the ammo, like what is available right now, so that might might fall under the caliber. Uh, Then brand is 8%, and size is 2%. Um, yeah, I, I could see where caliber surprised me being up at 18%. But when you said that, I thought maybe people are thinking that way is maybe not the caliber that I want, but what's the caliber that I can find right now. So that, that's a really solid thing as well. Uh, SS Dan, our buddy out in Nebraska, SS pawn. He says the looks there. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I think we all have fallen into this. We've all probably bought a gun in our lifetime that we just said, man, that just looks cool as hell. It may not serve a purpose for me right away. It may not be the most practical, but it just looks pretty damn cool. So, um, yeah, Keith out there, my favorite squid says, uh, all of the above and, uh, and all that. So, yeah. All right. So we're going to start talking, like I said, about long range precision shooting and, and, and kind of for this chat talking about getting starting into competition so uh, i know that going in and which rifle is the best and all that that could have a bit of discussion but for competition that is a legitimate thing because you have in whatever series you're shooting they have production 
you know, categories they have open, you know, and I know the production and the PRS is like, I think the rifle and optic has to be like less than four or $5,000. So rifle and optic choices do come into play depending on what, you know, category you want to play in. But if you were trying to talk to someone who is said, I want to get a competition shooting, but I don't even own a rifle or anything yet. You know, is there something that you can kind of give them a guidance into from a competition side, not from a hunting or whatever, but a competition side is some of the things they need to start looking at and considering when they start purchasing both rifles and optics. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing is you can go on on a you know a forum, you can go in a group, you can ask the questions. Here's what I kind of um, narrate to. And you probably get asked this a thousand times, so I know that you're probably tired of the question. Well, no, so so I make it easy, right? So if you golf, um, you go to the store, you try out your clubs, uh, just because just because you like ping or you like Callaway or whatever, mm -hmm. doesn't mean that I can hit them worth a shit, right? Right. So the biggest thing that you've got to do is take a step back. You can go ask people for input. You can go ask people for um you know like what do you shoot but in the end mm -hmm. optics in my eye are completely different than optics in somebody else's eye especially when you're zoomed in you know 18 20 30 power or whatever you're shooting you get into rim fire and some of that stuff but um the biggest thing that i tell everybody if you're gonna get into it before you buy anything is go to a match go to a match sit down um you know ask questions uh help ro ro super easy and a freaking in a precision rifle match um you know and, and it's super simple to get involved you can sit down and when i'm going through a stage and i'm prepping i'll prep for a minute and then i'll sit there and watch and a lot of ro's will start talking to me and they're asking me questions about my gear and a lot of the stuff and you'll find out that a lot of these guys are extremely helpful you know telling you hey i did this this and this don't do it because it's worthless i did this this and this don't do it because it's worthless you know you see all those guys out there well you need a 300 wind mag to compete don't be an idiot don't listen to that crap because you can't stay on target it costs a lot more to shoot it a lot more to shoot you yeah. there's just so much bad information out there now when it comes to long range precision again just take a step Go RO match. At least go hang out. You don't have to. I'm not saying you have to RO a match. Go hang out. Go ask questions. A lot of them, like me, I'll take a few of my guns with me. I'll say, hey, get behind this one, this one, this one. Run the bolt. See what you think. Um, you know, get behind the glass. See, you know, see if your eye is good. You know, whether it's USO, loophole, vortex, whatever it is. Everybody's got their kind of thing, and you can sit behind it and look at it. And it's better to do it at the range, getting behind it, feeling it, looking through the glass, than at the store. A lot of guys will go into the store and all oh, that looks okay. And then they get outside and it's completely different. So go, go do that. You know, go ask the questions. That's what it's all about. I think when it comes down to it, I know that uh, six millimeter Creed is a very popular round when it comes to competition because of the light recoil and all that. And, but I, I think what happens a lot of times people say, well, I've got an old 308, but everyone says not to use 308. How much of what you already have can you use to go and get started? I mean, there, you don't have to go and spend any money if you've already got a decent, you know, glass and a, a 308. Can you at least go and, and you know, maybe not compete, but you can still go to competitions and and learn the ropes. And it's like you said, until you do find out maybe what you need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that that's the thing. 308. There is a tactical class in 
uh, the PRS. There's not necessarily one in the NRL, but there's a bunch of guys that you can compete against in the 308 class, and it's definitely something you can do. I mean, I've shot with guys that have brought their hunting rifles to a match yep. trying to figure out how to do it. I wouldn't recommend it because one of them went out way after the first day and, uh, you know, his shoulder was toast and everything else. And it's because he didn't go back to my first answer. It's like, just go to one before and figure out yeah. what you want to do. Um, I've had a couple people on here say six Creed, six Creed is a great cartridge. If, if it's something that you need to go buy off the shelf and you want to buy ammo off the shelf, it's a great yeah. starting cartridge. It's a fast cartridge. There's a lot of great options for it. Most of the guys that are shooting right now aren't shooting a six Creed. Um, you know, like I shoot a six XC, six GT. Um, uh, I, I, I've got a bunch of different calibers that I shoot. My GT is my new favorite. Um, but it's all about how you can reload, how good you are at reloading. I mean, that goes into a whole nother freaking rabbit hole if we can get into reloading for long range precision but oh, and that's, there, are, yeah. there, there are a lot of phenomenal freaking long range calibers out there hornady has done a great job lately at loading their ammo their ammo is a lot of the guys are shooting six arc six creed stuff shooting factory ammo low sds low extreme spread they're shooting they're competing you know some of them are winning matches with like yeah. rprs and stuff it you can do it i mean it's that's the fun thing about it yeah, G23 is asking about the six arc and the, some of the six eight stuff. And, and, and like you said, I mean, I, I think all of it is probably worthwhile. Um, but I think ultimately it comes down to what you as a shooter are good with and what rifle that you feel comfortable with. And some people can shoot six five. Some people may not like six five. Some people might. There's a lot of different things out there. But I think uh, from what I'm gathering from people is, it's kind of like when we go say we're going to go buy a handgun for concealed carry, go and shoot several of them before you make a decision or at least get behind them and see what feels right. And do you like a chassis system? Do you like a stop? You know, there's all these different choices that just because someone says this is what I use doesn't mean that's going to be good for you. And so I like the fact that you're saying go out and, and I plan on going. I've already bought the rifle and all that. Uh, it's right back here. Got the Bergara uh, and then I've got an Athlon scope. Um, but I can't wait to go in November up to Missouri and, and, and sit around a match and just ask a bunch of questions, uh, you know, because there's so much goes into it just besides the rifle and the scope. There's so many things. Um, one of the things that I kept hearing from a lot of buddies that do shoot is to get a Kestrel. So I bought a Kestrel. I said, this thing will save a lot of time and a lot of effort uh, finding a good ballistic calculator um, app that, that they say, use this or whatever. I, I've tried it several of them, but that's Kestrel. Uh, a shooting bag, depending on you know what you're shooting, a shooting that they say the shooting bags probably could be the most important thing. A lot of people say they don't even use bipods a lot of times because some can be it can be unstable. So it's like I run a bipod, but I always have a shooting bag. And so there's so many things that um, go into this. It's not just about the rifle, the load, and the scope. It's there's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, so I want to ask you this: aside from rifle and scope. Um, what are some of the things that people might not think of that um, they want to start looking at as part of their loadout for a competition? So, I mean, the Kestrel is only as good as the input you put in it. So if you're right. going to get a Kestrel, you've either got to get a magneto speed or, you know, a Labrador or some sort of chrono to chrono it across. You can never rely on box velocity 
off a box yeah. of ammo or anything. So you've got to kind of start there. You've got to work your way through it. You got to work your way through the data, inputting the data. People get really overwhelmed when it comes to the data part of it. The data part's easy once you start figuring it out. It only asks you for a few variables and then it figures everything mm -hmm. else out for you. You know, you just got to make sure that you, the idiot behind the Kestrel, is putting in the right stuff because the Kestrel doesn't screw it up. Especially, you know, in my Kestrels, uh, I have the Elites. It runs the AB mm -hmm. product. Uh, I, I love applied ballistics. It's one of my favorites. I can run custom drag curves, all that kind of stuff, which I'm trying not to go too deep here because it's going to blow people's mind. But the two <laughs> things that you're really going to need, well, two or three things. The number one is you're going to want a good bipod, no matter what, because some stages you're going to need a bipod. Other stages I yep. throw a bipod off. Uh, I got two, a Harris one. All those people said that Harris for the for the entry level Harris swivel. I got a, they said make sure you get a swivel. So I went with that, and um, so far I'm happy with it. But yeah, I know that Atlas is really good ones as well. Correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I we use Atlases a little bit. I use the Sky Pods now more than okay. anything. Okay. But they're I mean they're three hundred dollar bipods, so yeah. a lot of people can't afford them. But with a good Atlas, a lot of guys are competing Harrises. Uh, there's a lot of aftermarket adapters you can buy for the Harris's that make them even better. A lot of guys right. don't use them just because they're not as as versatile as like the Alice or stuff. Mm. Um, next is a good bag. Um, I'm a bag whore. I've got about every bag known to man in my bus. The cool thing is, is a lot of people, you know, that are on my squad, I'll take a few bags with me and I let them all use them to see what they like. Um my favorite is probably the Armageddon gear stuff just because, number one, Tom's a solid dude. Uh, he was Ranger Battalion freaking stud. They've built great products. Um, so I love their stuff. They put my logo on my bags, uh, on my team guys' bags. The, the, they just kind of go above and beyond. And that's one of the things that I try to point people to, to other people that really put back into the sport and the industry. Um, and then, like, you know, a good uh, – a lot of people don't realize this, but you're going to want to keep your, your rifle level or parallel. If you start canting, you're going to have issues there. So you're going to want to run a, either a, a good bubble level or, you know, some sort of a weapons mounted thing. I run the long range arm send it levels. Uh, so it sits on the side and it lights up depending on where it is. I mean, you can dump a lot of money into this freaking sport, um, yes. but you don't That's what I'm need <laughs> And I'm just starting. <laughs> the thing is, is, you don't need to. A lot of these one-day matches, everybody's kind of looking at these two-day matches because they get so much more pu the, the publicity that comes with them. But that's I what I'm that was one-day matches, little club matches up in Missouri. That's the closest to Arkansas that I can find is up in Missouri, about three hours. So I'm going to start with the one-day stuff for sure. You're where? You're in Arkansas? Yeah. Uh, you. Also, there's no NRL stuff in Arkansas that I can find, at least. No, NRL isn't in that isn't on the east coast really um yeah you got more prs but you've got altus down there you've got arena in georgia you've got a bunch in texas uh you've got yeah. k&m in tennessee um yeah. that one would be a good one the gap grind because you as a as a rookie can shoot with a pro shooter there's a lot mm -hmm. of a lot there's a ton of matches and you can go on the prs website yeah. shannon yeah i've been, been doing that Shannon for a long time and they're they're good they've they've done a lot of good for the for the PRS. Um, the NRL is great if you're a West Coast person and you want to get involved in it there. And then they've got the NRL Border Wars, um, which is probably what you're talking about. Um, I, yeah. I don't have anything to do with the NRL anymore. I've got, I got so okay. busy with business and everything else going on that I had to kind of step back because I have too many hats that I have to wear. But 
Does um, is Dog Valley still going to be happening, or is that kind of falling off as well? That's it. Yeah, man, those were great videos. I was enjoying watching some of those videos. That one, and there's some stuff out in New Mexico that just those two matches. I keep going back, and there is some great, great video of those two matches. Dusty's in New Mexico. Dusty Brixner's. Yeah, he did a phenomenal job. I eventually, what I want to do is more team sniper style comps. Nice. Eventually, we've got a lot of property out here that we can use, but. I just don't have the time to do it right now and the, the manpower and everything else. So it's, it's, it's hard. Um, match directors kind of get their ass kicked when it comes to that stuff, but the sport is growing and it's super easy to get into. Yeah. That's, that's cool. One of the cool things I've shot competition with handguns for a while. Um, and, I, and one thing I love and I tell people all the time is, and I, I'm assuming that long range is the same way. They look at rookies um, and newbies, whatever you want to call them, is they, they, they're more than willing to open arms, let them in, talk to them, uh, be helpful. Now, there comes a point when you start beating them, maybe they're not going to talk to you as much about this stuff, uh, but that's just not, not, you know human nature. But I'm assuming that long range is a lot like that, where the, the newcomers are really welcome with open arms. People will bend over. You know, I, I've let people shoot my gun because they had a malfunction, uh, ran out of ammo. Here's some ammo. And I'm, I'm not saying people do that in long range, but I'm assuming that the vibe is probably the same as very welcoming into uh, it's just a small community. So I think anytime you get a newcomer, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. No. And we try to accept that. And that's why I started long range tactics. I wanted somewhere for a lot of the newer people to come into where they didn't feel like they were getting attacked by all the old school guys calling everybody dumb. We've all seen those groups. Yeah. So we've oh, got yeah. the website and we've got a group on Facebook, Long Range Tactics official group. We've got about 20,000 people in there now. And all of my team monitors it. Um, and we go in there and we create posts and we just talk about stuff. And you don't get attacked. I mean, there are a lot of stupid posts on there. I still want to smack the shit out of people. But <laughs> it's uh, you can't get away from that. But we try to put out the best knowledge we can. Uh, we're starting a new vlog, which is going to put nice. out even more you know, like we get down in the nitty gritty into the reloading side, into how to maintain your rifle, um, understanding, you know, how your optics work, ammunition, all the all the kind of things that a lot of people have questions about. We kind of want to break it down into really um, manageable information. So somebody's not getting overloaded with like a two hour freaking YouTube video. Like we're yeah. going to break it down real simple and do that because like you get overloaded. I mean, you get into anything new. What optic do I want to run? What magnification do I want to run? What reticle do I want to run? What uh, size tube do I want to run? Why do I want to run that size of tube? Like just in optics, there's a shit ton of questions. Now is your optic yeah. tracking? Because a lot of these companies, their QC is garbage anymore. So there's a million questions there. And I don't want to discourage anybody by these questions, but it's just stuff you want to learn over time and understand. It's just like, you know, concealed carry or anything else. You want to be proficient with whatever you're doing. Um, yeah, you know, and you're talking about optics, and we can go down. I'm sure they ask this a lot, but uh, and it's a personal preference, obviously. But uh, mil versus MOA, I know what I prefer, and I know you, you probably know what you prefer, obviously. But for someone that has never really even looked through an optic and, and they're asking MOA or mil reticles, you know, for someone that is a complete newbie that's never shot through a scope ever of any kind have you found one that has been easier for people to grasp? I know it's basically like, you know, the metric system versus Imperial or whatever, but is there, is there one that you would say typically is easier for beginners to use? 
mill. We only use mill. We don't shoot MOA at all. Uh, most of us don't shoot it at all in uh, competition stuff. It's it's simple to understand. It's intense. Um, you know, three point. It, it's super simple to to understand mills. And then once you get a Kestrel, it tells you exactly what the hell to dial to once you input your stuff. So it honestly doesn't matter. But mills are faster. Um, you know, to to dial to something. So. That's uh that's one of those definitely things that somebody just said a 14 power. It depends on the match. Like out here yeah. out west, I stay in that 10 to 18 power, depending yeah. on what I'm doing. I only go over that 18 power usually when I'm trying to zero. Um, you know, the biggest reason why you want to do that is you want to read your misses, especially because of wind. Wind is no matter how much you train, no matter how much you spend your time at or you know the reloading bench back there. It doesn't matter. Wind's going to kick your freaking ass every time. So yeah. you want to back out your optic so that you can read that miss. You've got to understand when you run the bolt, you leave your eye on the target, you read that miss, you adjust, and then you run the bolt. You know, it's just little things that you can do. And taking a few basic beginner classes from some mm-hmm. people is is will go above and beyond you spending money, you know, trying to learn some of this stuff because it's it's overwhelming. So when you're when you're talking about seeing and reading your misses, you know, in competition, I'm assuming that maybe between stages you might mess with the dials and all that, but windage and elevation at that point, you kind of got your stock, you know, you know, for this barometric, whether you have a Kestrel or not, you kind of know what your where where to set your settings on your scope for different yardages but at that point are you when you're in a match and you see a miss you know two feet to the right are you dialing anything or are you just holding at that point for wind you don't have you don't have the time to sit there and mess with it and then you've got to try and go back there's no zero stop with wind so if you go a full rev off or you screw with it now you're going to question yourself the rest of the match. We hold, hold everything. like, yep. And you yep. use the reticle to measure. And that's why that's another big thing is what reticle you're going to buy to depending on, you know, how you want to read off of it. I use some pretty intense um, reticles to try and do that. But you've also got to learn how to zone a lot of the reticle out to be able to use it. But, um, you know, it's it's that's why you want to stay a little bit less on your magnification so you can read a lot of that. Uh, you see a splash over here. You see a splash over here. Sometimes you don't see a splash. You're like, shit, I've done that on a few stages where you're shooting over the you're target. guessing? Yeah, yeah, sure. So what you'll do is you learn what to do. So you'll burn a, a round at the bottom of the target end of the ground to see if maybe something happens. I mean, it's just little stuff that you're going to learn over time. And But reticles and optics are one of the biggest parts that you need to do. And, again, going to a match, looking through people's optics, and having them explain what they are is is a huge benefit before you ever go purchase an optic because excuse me most of the optics are anywhere between fifteen hundred and five thousand dollars you know a lot of the optics that I run are four and five thousand dollars so before you go spend that much money on an optic you really want to make sure it's what you want and That's everything's right. there yeah and it's there's there's a part of this that um, you know goes back and I've shot long range but never done the competition side and all of that. Um, but when you're when you're going into buying that precision rifle, knowing that it's going to be for competition, not necessarily for hunting or for anything, it, it, that's its purpose is for competition. How big 
assuming that it's not pre-broken in it by the you know if he's getting a custom barrel on mark but for most stock barrels um how big is the break-in barrel process to make sure that you get it cleaned out or do, do you recommend that or is that just a myth that it's too important or it's not very important not really anymore um i mean back in the day the lapping procedures were completely different right. if you don't know what lapping is um you know that's that's something you can learn about when you Google it. But hand lapping is is a big part of barrel making now, and they make them ultra smooth. I mean, way back when you had to shoot a lot of rounds through them, you had to get the, the marks out of them. You had yeah. to do that. Now, what I tell people is just clean it a couple times um, and just shoot it. Uh, some yeah. barrels speed up, you know, after 50 or 100 rounds. But as you're shooting, you know, just understand that you might have to just adjust a little bit. And um, that's the important side of a data book as well. Data books are going to be incredibly important, I'm assuming, to make sure that you kind of keep, especially if once you focus in on either on a, a production ammo or a load recipe that you're going to load yourself, keeping that data is probably going to be crucial as well. Yeah, and it, it all depends. Bullet is huge. Powder is huge. What brass you're using, what powder you're using. So you can go through all that and notate it, you know, and, there's a lot of great videos out there on, you know, easy ways to learn how to see what your gun shooting, you know, nodes, accuracy nodes, all that type of type of stuff. So it, it's it's there's a lot of crazy information and there's a lot of great YouTube videos out there. Um, uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Um, Eric, Eric Cortina, he's a good one to watch. Yeah. Um, long range tactics. Um the modern day sniper guys, uh, Philip and, and Kalen, they do a phenomenal job, uh, you know, with more of theirs is a lot more of the mentality, the shooting behind it. You know, they go into deeper into some of that stuff than we do um, just because we're trying to stay more of the beginner. But they, they have a lot of great freaking information. Um, you know, like you said, snipers hide. Th there's a ton of freaking great information out there that you can go to. Um and learn and again you can always ask that's that's what we're here for and that's kind of where we are tonight is like i said i had sent uh some messages to you i don't know a week or two ago it was like just asking some little basic questions and all that and i've got a lot of great people that are in the game and all that that i, I i've used to ask different questions and uh there are a lot of people out there that don't have resources to ask questions to uh, they may not know anyone that's ever shot long range, much less competition. And, and some of those ideas that you said, the YouTube videos, once again, no matter what you're doing out there, you're going to have to decipher which is the bullshit, which is not, um, you know, is there still going to be shaming on some of these places? Sure. There's going to be a lot of people that says that your, your setup's shit because you only spent $2,500 on your, your rifle and scope combined. That's great. I know guys that can take a $2,500 setup and outshoot a lot of people with big ones because it ultimately comes down to the shooter. Does the equipment help? Absolutely, it does. But ultimately, it comes down to how good could you be with what you have? And once you've kind of reached, and, and there was a great thing that um, a buddy of mine said is always, always have equipment that's going to outperform your ability. So if your ability ever reaches to where your equipment maxes out, that's pretty much when it's time to start upgrading rifles and optics and all that. But try to have um, equipment that's going to be that's going to outperform your ability at that time. And I thought that was a great way of putting it. 
And um, so, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people out there that says, oh, you're never going to do anything with that stuff and all that. That's don't let don't let anyone if that's what you can afford and you really want to dive into this, then do it. Go mm-hmm. get what you can afford and then you can always upgrade. You know, you can always down the road start saving money, but you're never gonna go do it if you're always waiting for that next. Well, I can't I don't I want to get this, so I can't buy it yet. Go buy it, learn what they say, buy once, cry once. I've heard that a million times in the last month, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick, five dollars super chat. Thanks for Lucy. Lucy's out there. Ricardo says, What yo, what's up? What's up, homie? Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you very much. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Who me? Yeah, um, yeah. You were. You were I, was, yeah, I interrupted no, you. No, no, you're fine. Um, you know that that's the thing. You started with the Bergara. Um, if mm-hmm. I tell people the Bergaras, the Tikas, some of those are great starting points. They're they're a great platform. You're gonna start running some other guns, some other actions, like some customs. You're gonna go, holy shit. You know yeah, what a big difference. This, yeah, this is where I want to go. But there's a lot of great options out there for not a whole lot of money. Boring rifles. They have their new. Um, I asked you about boring rifles. It's twenty four ninety nine um, sub MOA guarantee, sub half MOA guarantee. The new MPAs, uh, they're the same way. Twenty four ninety nine. The PMR Pros, uh, they yeah. come in a whole lot of kick ass cartridges. They have a custom action. Uh, they're in a freaking uh, MPA chassis. There, there's a ton of freaking great options out there that you can compete with in that section of of price, depending on what you can do. Now, can you go? you know, compete with a Savage Axis tube. Yeah. But are you going to probably get anywhere near what some of these other guys are going to do? Probably not. Um, so you've got to either go, you can't just start at the very least amount, you know, save for a couple months, figure out what you want. And then, you know, kind of step that game up a little bit as you go, but don't try and, you know, take, don't try and go the cheapest route you can go because you're not going to be competitive even in one days one days are that way too it's just it's one of those things you've got to spend a little bit of money to play the game um you don't have to go do what i do and spend a lot of freaking money on a setup but you know it's (laughs) i need to because lord knows do you remember your first setup though do you remember your very first setup i mean was it the high price right off the bat or did you kind of go mid-level or what mine i was lucky because i was shooting you can see it over here with team remington um they yeah. built me a rifle it was a 300 win mag we actually built up for the vortex extreme matches but mm-hmm. i went and started shooting just regular matches because it's what i had uh it, we had 220s uh hit like the hammer thor all the match directors hated my guts because i killed all their targets their, you know, their steel but, was done yeah, so I, I shot it for a little bit and I learned my lesson. I didn't want to keep shooting it because that freaking sucked. Yeah. Even with a break on it, I couldn't read my misses. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't. It was a heavy SOB, which now everybody wants heavy guns because they don't recoil. But then I went to the 260. Uh, I shot with Team Remington for a couple years with a 260. I loved the 260. Everybody went 6.5 Creed. I went 260 just because everybody went 6.5 Creed. I didn't want to be right. like everybody else. Um, and now I'm shooting 6 GT, uh, 22 Creed. I've got a few different calibers depending on the match, where I'm going, what I'm doing. I don't shoot as much as I used to, just I don't have time. But yeah. um, uh, it's it's just one of those things, you know. And you've also got to decide why you started or why you want to shoot it in the first place. Do you want to be a better hunter? Um, do you want to go spend a whole lot of money because you got money to burn? Do you want to be, you know, go find a new hobby like golf or something else that you know you could get into and you can have a lot of fun? Because 
Lord knows I've met a lot of great freaking friends doing this. I mean, some of my yeah. best friends, I learned them at the, you know, I met them at the range and we've been friends. I can call them at any time now and we go hang out and we trade yeah. stuff. Um, you know, I try to go to matches and I make it more about helping other shooters or newer shooters in my squad learn. I, I share everything I've got with them. Um, you know, I, I just try to make it fun. I share tripods. I share whatever the hell I've got. You know, I try to make everybody just have fun. And then I try to help them make the decision of what they want. They might not like what I like. They might not like what I have. So yeah. I help them kind of understand that. Uh, Bernie says 284. I guess he's asking your thoughts on the 284. So you've got to look at you've got to look at a few variables when you come to this. You've got to look at number yeah. one, can you get the components, right? So can you mm. get ammo right. or can you get bullets? Can you get brass? Can you get powder? Number two is a lot of these matches are between 100 and 250 rounds. So do you really want to shoot that many rounds through a 65284 or 284? Because you're going to burn the shit out of the barrel and it's going to be really expensive to fix. Not to mention your powder and your bullets are going to be really expensive. So yep. What we want to do is we want to take a caliber like a 60T, a 6-dasher, a 6, you know, all these new ones. We don't want to push them right at the very top because we don't want to just toast the freaking barrel as fast as we can. We want to get as many rounds out of that barrel as we can, but we also want to give it enough velocity, enough BC. If you run the data between a 6.5 bullet and a lot of the 6 bullets, the 6 bullets either equally perform or outperform the six five bullets so that's another thing you got to look for when you're, you're doing this you got to look at bc you got to look at velocity you got to look at you know felt recoil we call it felt recoil how much recoil are you feeling when you shoot you know a good breaks help that a lot but it just kind of depends on what you're going to do but um some of those giant calibers i keep seeing this oh i'm going to go start shooting i'm going to shoot you know a, a freaking 300 short mag or something like that i'm like no, that this is not where you want to shoot that stuff. If you're just going to go out and you want to shoot a couple rounds long range still, that's a great cartridge. But you've got to also understand, you know, a lot of guys, when the 6.5 PRC came out, they wanted to start shooting that. The problem is, is that round creates so much heat on a barrel because a lot of these stages are between 8 and 12 rounds a stage. You shoot yeah. 12 rounds, right, one right after the other out of 6.5 In two minutes or a minute and a half, yeah. Your barrels toast really fast. You're getting too hot. Your bar your bolts are starting to fly all over the place, and it's just one of those things. You wanna you wanna find something that that is easier to shoot, um, and your powder. I mean, powder's hell of expensive now, so yeah. you want to find something that doesn't have that much powder capacity. So something we got a couple questions out there that we'll we'll uh, talking calibers and this could be a caliber talk for hours and hours but we've only got you for about maybe 15 20 minutes so I want to ask this when it comes to you want barrel smoking your barrel you know for a a normal let's say a 65 creek that's a popular cartridge out there that a lot of people love to shoot um how many rounds let's say a horny match grade uh production cartridge how how many rounds typically will let's say a six five if you shoot nothing but horny match is it a thousand two thousand i mean on a normal everyday stock barrel is there a number that you kind of have to start looking at before you either upgrade or change barrels out on these rifles 
there, there's a couple variables to that. And number one is how you clean it, how you maintain it. I mean, we don't really clean our barrels a lot, but we'll run, you know, a few patches of like crow oil or something to really just kind of keep it a decent. Most of the six fives, because they're a little bit slower, they don't produce as much heat. They're in that probably two to maybe 4,500 rounds. So they've got a lot more rounds. A six creed, you could be anywhere, depending on how you take care of it, between 1,000 and 2,000 rounds. Um, that's just something you need to understand. What's cool about a lot of these new actions? His velocity goes up. The round count goes down almost a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because you're creating, in essence, you're trying to push that bullet through a bore faster, and it's creating more heat. More heat creates, yeah. you know, the alligator skin look. Uh, that's what destroys barrels is heat, especially yeah. when you're shooting 8 to 12 rounds a stage. You create an ass load of heat on that barrel, and that's why we run super thick barrels for heat dissipation um, with that kind of stuff. Now, that's another thing that people need to look at. You know, what barrel do I want to run? And barrels aren't cheap, and they're hard to get right now. But the cool thing is a lot of these actions, like my impacts, the Kelblies, the defiances, you spend the money on the action, you can buy other barrels and you can spin them on yourself. You can buy prefits. There, there's a lot of different things. I just built my, it's not in here. I just built my little boy, a 223 trainer. It's on a proof prefit on a, on an impact action. And it's super easy to put together. And if you want to switch barrels out, you can, if you want to run a 308 and a 65, you can do that. So that's another thing you can look at, but um, you know, I, I hear a lot of people, 6.5 Grendel. I have a 6.5 Grendel. I'd never shoot it in a match. It just doesn't have the ass behind it to, to compete. The 6 Arc is primarily a, a 6.5 Grendel neck down to 6. Um, I saw that cartridge a long time before Hornady made it the 6 Arc, and it was badass. They called it the 6 Bat Rat around here. It was a coyote killing SOB. And that's a cool cartridge. It definitely is. It hasn't caught on like some of the others. Um the the dashers the um, some of the the six br those are probably the two popular most popular ones right now in the prs just because they're super easy to load for and you can go find uh information on one of the forums i did that with my 6xc i went on and i found a bunch of people i found where they found their node and i just messed with it for 10 minutes and i found exactly what it liked and i just went with it so it's it's getting easier and easier to be able to reload for some of these cartridges that a lot of people are shooting um, it, it's just, it's changed so much, even in the last, you know, three to five years where everybody was six, five, you know, the, the, the big six fives they wanted to do. And now they're going down, uh, this drive for it. Here's a 22 Creed. Um, and a lot of people are starting to even go down that low with 22 cows shooting. The problem that you've also got to realize, depending on where you're shooting, like out West, it doesn't have enough ass behind it at a thousand. 1200 yards 1300 yards to see the plate move a lot of times so if they're not running lights like the magneto speed hit indicators you don't know if you hit a lot of the time they're, yeah you could be hitting and you have no idea yeah absolutely yeah if they're not a good ro it's going to be really hard for them to see it that's why we want just a little bit more but i'm telling you right now my my 6gt people will laugh the freaking thing weighs like probably 26 pounds it's heavy as hell but it does not move. I can set it on a barricade and pull the trigger and it just sits there. I mean, that's what a lot of these guys are doing. I'm actually going to start making mine go back to lighter just to, to help me with my hunting side of things. Cause it doesn't really help me with day-to-day -day training. And that's a whole nother conversation we could get into, but you know, everybody in the hunting side is trying to go as light as they can. Everybody in the competition side is trying to go as heavy You're as heavy. they can. Yeah, sure. So, so there's definitely, you know, people are buying weights, weight kits to add to it. 
Um, definitely it's, it's a crazy freaking game right now to play, but like you found out the Brigars are gray rifles. I mean, it's a 700 footprint. You can swap out the stock. Uh, you can put a stock on it. You can put a chassis on it, depending on what bottom metal you want to use, you know, that kind of stuff. And then you can kind of upgrade and figure out what you want. And then you can go to your office. And that's kind of the cool thing is that's kind of what I wanted. I wanted to be able, before I would jump into serious money rifles and optics and all that i wanted to start with with a chassis system that i know is going to have a lot of aftermarket availability upgrades and it's like you said it's based off of 700 to where there's stuff for remington 700s all over the place so when it time comes can i upgrade barrels yep can i upgrade this can i upgrade that sure and ultimately it's going to be a new rifle but i still could you know I like the way this, I looked at Tika, almost came close to a, a Tika T3X or TX3, whatever it is. Really enjoyed that. But um, everyone I said that said the Brigar, they said that it was just, it, it just a solid rifle. And I said, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a solid that I know it's not going to be my last. It, it, I know that it's just a beginner for me, but it's something that I can feel comfortable with and, and go out there and, and do my thing and learn. And then, like you said, get to a match figure out what else is everybody's running ultimately for me i don't reload now i've got uh, friends of mine that do reload and they've said hey if you bring all the stuff you can use our press anytime you want so that's gonna be like the next thing is trying to find a recipe um that will work for what i wanted to do and and once again this is not gonna be a hunting thing is this gonna be i don't hunt um I don't want to wake up at O dark 30. <laughs> That's just me. I've done that enough in my life. Um, but this is going to be a, a strictly used for, you know, long range precision stuff, uh, competition stuff. So I'm really looking forward to, and I understand there's going to be a lot of time, a lot of money. Um, and that's, that's cool that's that's what it's all about is the learning process. I think that's really what I'm looking forward to is the learning process from where I am now and two years from now saying, man, I made some really dumb mistakes. So let me tell you what I did and what you shouldn't do if you're in my situation or whatever. But the learning side of it for me is, is I cannot wait to get to the first match. Like I said, I'm going to go out in November up in Missouri and watch when it's like three hours away uh, and watch a match. And they start their match, their local matches or club matches in February. So, you know, February, March, April, they have one. And so I'll be like, boom, let's let's go run those club matches. They're one-day events. But for me, I think that's going to be like a perfect thing. So I want to go in November, see how it goes, see what everything I need. And then I've got December and January to kind of hone in on everything, quote-unquote, until I'll make my, my first match mistakes. And then the next month, try to improve on those mistakes. And the next match, try to improve on those mistakes until ultimately, you know, I, people ask me, are you there to win? Well, not initially. No, I think anyone's crazy if you think you're going to try to win. The competitive side of me, I'll, I'll, I'll cut your throat if I can beat you in marbles. That's just how I am. So ultimately, I want to be able to compete, but I understand that it's a process. And I think that's where a lot of people might get. And I know there is a lot of people in handgun, IDPA and USPSA. A lot of people get involved in it and they get their asses beat down consistently and they don't have fun. So they quit. I think you have to know you're going to get your ass handed to you. But ask the people that are beating you down. 
how they got to where they are. And they'll probably tell you how they got there. Yeah. See here. Um, so th- and that's the thing you've got to understand, like with your build that can go to a training rifle. What, what is it chambered in? Absolutely. Right six, five creed. Yeah. So you could build it into a three Oh eight. You could build it into, you know, another six, five creed. You could build it in a six creed, whatever that bolt face is. So that's yeah. definitely one of them. And then you're going to, you, you're going to want to upgrade the Tika is probably out of all the, the bone stock ones. The Tika is probably my favorite. Um, MPA makes a chassis for it. Uh, MDT mm. does, I think. And then there's some others and they're super easy to configure that the actions run really smooth, but the Brigada is good. Um, I wouldn't mind, you know, if, if it were me starting all over again, I wouldn't mind trying one of those and running with it. Cause there's a lot of guys, yeah. there's still a lot of guys that shoot, you know, competitively and they're, they place really high and they're running the TK action and stuff just cause they're great actions. Yep. Uh, real quick, Gun Loving Grandpa says, uh, "How about Howa for long range?" The the Howa fifteen hundreds of you know have always been a, mm-hmm. a decent rifle. They're they're the price point's good for them. Um, yeah. They've come out with some chassis offerings. You know now that they've kind of changed up everything, they're a good rifle. They wouldn't be my first choice um, for yeah. this um, just because of the barrel the way they do their barrels and different things are just not as consistent as like the Brigars. Brigars done a phenomenal job. Tikas have done a lot better. There's definitely better choices, but if it's what you can afford and it's what you've got, yeah. there's no reason you can't go try it and practice with it. And how, uh, Savage 110, you know, uh, the, the, the stealth, the BA stealth, I heard, you know, if you had a choice, same price range, how a Savage 110, is there one that you would choose over the two? Because I think he's looking at both of those different rifles. The 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 perk of the Savage is you can buy pre-fit barrels for them and spit them on yourself. All you need is a headspace gauge. So if the barrel with it is shit, you can go buy a really nice aftermarket barrel and do it yourself if you don't have the money to have somebody spin it up. Now, if you've got a Howa and it doesn't shoot or the shit and you can't get it to shoot, you're going to have to spend a lot more money to have somebody machine it and then the barrel time and everything else. Um, and there's definitely some good options for the Savages. Uh, some companies have come out recently with the inlets for them. Uh, so uh, I think it's a great one. I mean, there's there's a lot of people, like if you go on Sniper's Hide and stuff, they're selling mm-hmm. a lot of their uh, long-range precision rifles on there that you can just go buy and they might sell you a load with it. They might sell you that kind of stuff with it. So it just kind of all depends. But I mean, if, if it, how is what you got, shoot it. Yeah. Yeah. I know that, uh, Buck is, he's get thinking about getting into it. And I know that he's been talking with me and he was looking at the, how, uh, he was looking at one of the, the Rugers. Um, and then, I think the Ruger he couldn't get. It was out of stock. They didn't know what it was going to be in, but he had a Savage 110 tack. And then the how uh, he's been looking at several of them to uh, kind of figure out what he wants to get into it and um, and all that. So, yeah, and this is one of those things where this is going to be fun because I've got some friends of mine that are getting involved also. So if nothing else, we can go to these one-day matches and not care where we place in the match. It's going to be more about who's buying dinner tonight, you know, of <laughs> the four or five of us, who's going to who's gonna th- you know, just pay for the dinner that night and our own inner competition. But it's also going to be good, you know, that you've got, you've got a team that you guys probably train quite a bit, but more importantly, you guys keep each other motivated. And that's kind of where we're at. It's maybe three or four or five guys to help us. If one guy is going, then maybe the other ones go in and say, well, Hey, let's go do this. So 
uh, that's kind of where I'm really looking forward to is having that that camaraderie with some friends of mine that are we're all going into this blind and see, hey, let's see what we can do, you know? Um, yeah. See, like with my team, they're spread out. So I've got Jonathan. He's yeah. in Virginia. Um, he he runs Distinguished Tactical. He writes for LRT. He was on the Marine Corps shooting team. He's a valuable mm-hmm. asset to us. Jose's down in uh, Alabama now. He moved from Colorado. So I've got – and I've got a bunch of guys out here out west – so I've got guys all over that are willing to help, you know, and you'll probably see them in a match. I've got guy, he's down in Florida. Um, there's these guys are all over the place and they're willing to help. And that's another great thing about the LRT group is you can meet these yeah. guys and have conversations. You can ask them questions and stuff like that. You don't feel like a freaking idiot, you know, trying to, to figure that out. Um, but I wouldn't mind going back through a lot of these questions, but just yeah. so you guys know, to give you a point, Something to yeah. think about is if you're a um, if you're an RO at a two day national match, a lot of the times, like I as a sponsor of a lot of those, will give certs to the ROs. Um, like take for instance, US Optics gives like a forty or fifty percent off cert if you RO an NRL two day match. All right, already right there, you get fifty percent off of US wow. Optics. So you putting the time to go there is also going to get you um, some great perks with with what it is so and like you said before is going to ro something gonna give you great perks but you're also gonna be able to see everyone that comes through your stage what they're running and talk to them what what problems I and mean, that's a great i never thought about doing the ro side of it that's a great one instead of just hanging out you know be involved with that and and like you said see everyone that comes through i know you got to go here in a second real quick question this came the first time lynn holt says question on scope bases 20 30 or 40 moa i went with 20 um is that you know is that kind of what most people are running 20 maybe 30 yeah 20s 20 is about what all we run there's enough elevation in most of these scopes now like if i run a 20 mo base with my us optics mm-hmm. i can shoot to a mile easy now if you know like on my voodoos i run a 40 or 60 moa because i shoot like five and eight hundred yards with a 22 so right you get you've got to understand the limitations of the cartridge and your scope but for just general purpose competing a 20 moa base is perfectly fine yep um man i know there's a lot of questions unfortunately he's got to head out here in a couple minutes uh but what i want you guys to do is um email me or comment comments in there i'll make sure that the questions get to cole uh, he, he might even give you out his email. I'm not going to give it out until he does. That's his personal thing, but, uh, he might give an email out, but if, if not email me comment down below, we'll make sure we get Coley's answers. But what I want to do Cole's, and like I said, you've got a, a lot of hats that you wear in this game, in this industry, in this community, um, talk, if you take a few minutes, talk about what you want to talk about, plug some of the things that you want to plug. I'll be putting kind of links out there in the chat, but uh, first of all, thanks for coming on. It's been awesome. I know there's not just me, but a lot of people uh, are learning a lot, but um, yeah, if you have any closing thoughts on, you know, a great tip for a newbie or whatever, throw it out there. But more importantly, I know that you've got a lot of things that you might want to plug. So go ahead and plug them. Uh, we, I've, dude, I'm doing so much crap now. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of it's just crazy, but you know, boring rifles. I'm um, the marketing manager there. If you're looking for a good custom rifle, boring. We've got the the uh, the new tactical versions that are ultra cheap. They're built on a defiance action, and they're twenty four ninety nine. Um, uh, frick, Predator Armor. They're one of my clients. If you want some good body armor, uh, Devil Dog Arms. If you want a uh, a good nineteen eleven. 
phone mm-hmm. scope if you want to connect, you know, and you want to train. That that one's actually a really good training aid. Like if you yeah. want to hook it up to your binos, your spotter, your rifle scope, uh, mm-hmm. and do it. And I'll actually give you a code that you can give out to all these guys who are pretty quick. Yeah. I, just need to right I can actually do a code for all this stuff that we're talking about. Um hmm. And just kind of run through it. Mad Dog Knives. I mean, dude, I'm all over the freaking place. And, of course, we're still doing all of our reviews for Long Range Tactics. We're doing our vlog now. So I'm trying to create a shit ton of blog posts that we can just roll out with on the website and in the group. Uh, We're going to in the group. We're actually going to start small chat rooms where people can come in and talk to one of the reviewers. Awesome. Um, and they can ask questions, whether it's reloading, they can go through a lot of reloading tips. It's kind of someplace where you can feel comfortable and we're going to keep them really small between five and 10 people. And they can come talk one-on-one with me or one of the reviewers, one of the team guys. Um, like I said, Jonathan was ex Marine Corps shooting team. I've got a couple SF snipers. I've got some LE snipers. I've got, I've got some guys that have some vast knowledge. You know, I, I worked in the ballistics field for six years with Remington and Barnes Mm -hmm. There, there's a lot of knowledge that we want to help push out there for people to to help them learn, you know, and and help you grow and help you have fun because we all know that God knows we're all in freaking fights for our two way freedom. There's no reason for us to fight amongst ourselves. So no that's doubt. definitely one of the big things. Um, I mean, I've got a few minutes. We can go through a few of these questions if you want. Okay, yeah, I just I I didn't want to keep you any longer uh, than no, you need fine. to. You know, family comes first, so I, I wanted to make sure that. Uh, but yeah, if you if you saw cool things that you want to address, then, then knock them out, man. Uh, let me scroll back up here. Um, do you use barrel weight? No, I don't. Um, there there are the ATS tuners. the The great thing about like the ATS tuners uh, are if you can only run factory ammo, and you mm-hmm. only have one or two types of factory ammo, you can tune that barrel to that ammo pretty easily. There is a there is a video about the tuners on our on our website and on our YouTube page, but it's more of the 22 side of things. Cause you can't load for 22, but no, we don't use barrel weights. Um, the six there arc, the six arc. Yeah. I'm going to say, is it a flash in the pan? No, I think it's a great one. Like I said, all it is is a six, five grand will pretty much neck down to six. Um, it's, it's got great cartridge. It's got great ballistics. The bullets are good. It's got good velocity. So a lot of people are going to use it. Is it, has it taken off? Like, has it just grabbed a hold and just ran like the six, five greed? No. Um, I, there's just better options out there as far as competition, but if you can get ammo, you can get the gun and everything else. You can absolutely compete with a six arc and shoot. Now, with it. This is going to be obviously cartridge depend on the cartridge, obviously, but Buck wants to know at what range does, let, let's say, I think he's looking at six, five. So at what range does when maybe start affecting the bullet is it probably over what? 500 maybe 600 somewhere in there or is it so there on the podcast my second podcast i ever did was with what we call the wind god his name is emil praslik he was the coach of the united states army marksmanship unit the dude knows freaking wind so if you want to learn about wind go listen to that podcast um wind deflection uh spin drift um you know, quarter like the values of wind, whether it's a quartering wind, where it's full value wind. There's so many variables there. After a hundred yards, it can have effects depending on what you're shooting and what you're doing. I mean, yeah, and how strong the wind is. Yeah, yeah, four hundred. It it also depends on if it's a full value wind coming across, if it's a quartering wind, whatever that is. So, but yeah, the four or five hundred yards, I can still get on a decent size target. But you've got to also understand a lot of these targets are two MOA at, at range. So. 
at mm. 400 yards or an eight inch plate at 500 yards or 10 inch plate. So the plates aren't very big. You don't have a whole lot of real estate to work with, mm. um, whether you're holding right edge, left edge, whatever you're doing. So that's just something you've got to train and you've got to understand with, with the rifle itself, you know, how it affects and BC, BC is a big one, depending on what bullet yeah. you run. Now, when he's saying BC, he's about ballistic coefficient in case people might not know what bc stands for so yeah sorry Go ahead. bc is the drag on the bullet pretty much so uh they have a, a a sharper nose they've got a boat tail on them there's there's a lot of different things there but the higher the bc the bullet the better it works in wind um mm -hmm. the better it tracks you know you don't have to worry about as much wind you don't have to worry about as much drop uh higher bc bullets that's what everybody's trying to go through with like the burkers and the hornities and everything else what else you got um, there was one earlier and I can't remember where, who asked it, it was way early. Uh, do you prefer shooting into the wind or downwind? It, does it matter? doesn't matter. I mean, that's the thing is it, <laughs> once you realize, once you understand what it's doing, but here in Utah, my winds are so switchy all the time. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like if it's back East, there's a lot of directional wind out here. I'll shoot a cur I'll shoot through three canyons before it hits the target. So it, it always it's literally going all over the place yeah it does and it's something that we always struggle with out here and you can spend all the time you want in the reloading room you can spend all the time this here's a pro tip for you you can spend all the time you want doing all that the biggest things you got to get to the range you've got to figure out what your bullet's doing you've got to get trigger time um usually what i try to tell people is when they go practice i tell them to set up kind of like this this testing thing for themselves when they get to the range uh, they get a bunch of dry fire trigger in just to fill a trigger where the break is, things like that. And then, you know, that helps you kind of not waste the ammo. There's different different things to really get yourself in that situation. You know, shoot a couple at 100 and then start walking it out, walking it back. Um, 600 yards is usually our go-to for um, making sure that my data is on. So I'll go to 600. Okay. I'll find a target. I'll paint it. I'll, it'll be a pristine target at 600 yards. I want to see where that bullet is hitting. Yeah. Wind doesn't matter. Not just are you hitting it, but where exactly you're hitting. Yeah. Where, where are you hitting? Are you hitting center, you know, the center third? Are you hitting top? Are you hitting bottom? And then I need to adjust. And as I adjust, I can fix that data in my Kestrel because something I put in my Kestrel wasn't 100% correct. So there's just little things that you're going to learn over time to save time. Yeah. Um, do it. Yes, the reloading room is a huge asset, but it's just one of the things. Another one that I've got, you can't see it back there, is the uh, indoor dry fire training system. Mm -hmm. um, it fits over your scope. It comes with a giant screen. You pull it up, and I'll sit like on chairs here. I'll sit with ladders and different stuff in my basement, and I can practice with my actual scope, getting into position, tracking, uh, the trigger pull, different things like that. My breathing, my breathing has been one of my biggest issues because as you do, they talk about figure eights. They talk about that as you breathe through squeeze, trigger squeeze, you know, stuff like that. So that's all stuff that the indoor dry fire systems help a lot with. Um, I know Swanee's comp gear has them. Um, it's a good place to go do them. They're not cheap, but I guarantee if you get one, it's going to help you a ton because I noticed, I didn't realize how bad my breathing was because I'm a fat SOB, but you know, trying to get that freaking training in and trying to get all that. There, there's little things that you can do to not waste ammo to get really good training in. Uh, last question for you. I know you're going to get out here. One quick question, though. Uh, it's a great one out there for a lot of beginners. For competition, what's the best yardage to zero? Is it 100 or, you know, is that pretty much the standard zero is 100 yards zero? 
because you program whatever you're going to do in your ballistics calculator. It doesn't matter what the hell you do. Hunters, the reason why hunters do it at two or 300 yards, because they want to hold on the animal at a really quick um, position. You want to keep your variables as little as possible. You always want to sight in at a hundred yards. Some people might not have a hundred yards, but you've got to put that into the equation when you factor in your ballistics data, but a hundred yards is a hundred percent because that gives you the best groups. It gives you the best feel for, you know, how your, your spread is, or, you know, you're real tight or you're real big. And then you go from there and adjust everything else, but a hundred yards, hundred percent. Absolutely. Cole, I know you've got to run. Thank you so much for coming, bro. Uh, love to have you on anytime you want to come back. I'm probably like to have you on maybe after I go to my first match and let you uh, critique my, my shit, but uh, no, thank you so much guys. If you're out there and you want to know any about any of this stuff, Long range tactics. Uh, he represents a lot of different companies that are putting that over. Go to Team POI, and I put that link out there. He'll give you all a lot of different brands that he works with. Uh, really, really a vast knowledge. Like I said, he's been doing this a long time. If he may not know something, he's got contacts that knows anything and everything about this this game of long range competition. Uh, he's a great resource to have. So, uh, like I said, go check out. Um, longrangetactics.com at that point you'll be able to go and, and find a lot of different things long range addicts over the podcast over on firearms network uh go check them out great podcast as well but yeah if you had questions i'm sure there's there's contact information through his websites give him a contact uh every time i've texted him or, or message him he's always replied and and that's cool. I'm, I'm a nobody, but anyone that really wants to learn, I think that he's proven tonight that he's willing to help anyone. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on Cole. I know you got to go be dad for a little bit, but uh, like I said, uh, have fun. Thank you guys for watching. The conversation doesn't have to stop. If you have any questions or comments for myself or for Cole, utilize the comment section below to everyone out there watching live. Thank you so much. Great questions out there. If you're watching a replay or listening to podcast form on all the different podcast platforms, once again, the conversation doesn't have to end. We'll see you soon. Get out to the range, be more proficient with your firearms. More importantly, shoot your guns, enjoy your freedoms of being an American. We'll see you soon. 